I'm jealous of the Penguins. When my dad left, he never came back. It certainly was an eventful weekend. The Penguins signed Jack Johnson like we knew was going to happen. The Penguins also brought back Matt Cullen on a one-year deal. I guess his wife softened her stance on wanting the kids back home in Minnesota. Uh, Jack Johnson kind of insulted the Columbus Blue Jackets. Jim Rutherford implied that John Tortorella scratched Johnson for all the wrong reasons this last spring in the playoffs. And Torts predictably lashed back at both in profane fashion. I would say this stokes up the rivalry between the Penguins and Columbus Blue Jackets, but how can there be a rivalry when the same team wins all the time? The windshield and the bug are just not rivals. We will get to all that a bit later. But now that free agency has run roughshod over common sense like it always does, the Jack Johnson deal looks like a bargain. Ian Cole got 4.25 mil per season on a three-year deal. That's just flat-out absurd, but that's free agency. Hey, here's a weird one. Brian Rust is getting paid more than Michael Grabner. Wow. This is the Mark Madden Show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. John Tortorella has Penn's Envy. Penn's Envy. If you add an I in there somewhere, he's probably got that too. Joining me at 315, he covers the Columbus Blue Jackets for TheAthletic.com. Going to be Aaron Portsline talking about the Hullabaloo in Columbus over what Jack Johnson and Jim Rutherford said. And then at 5.15, we'll talk about the way the Penguins roster is shaping up with Penguins expert Bob Grove. Uh, the most important news of the day is that Mo Salah just signed a new long-term deal with Liverpool Football Club. Mo now literally has the money to be an Egyptian king. Uh, the Penguins aren't done making trades, I don't think. They got five centers now, five centers. And while Rutherford said somebody can play wing, somebody won't. I think Broussard is out, and I think it's just a matter of time. If they do move Broussard to top six winger, well, I guess he could do it. And then you have insurance at center if Sid or Gino get hurt. But I still think Broussard gets traded. Or maybe Cullen is the spare part and plays 40 or 50 games. Maybe Cullen's a fourth-line left wing and a specialist for the PK and for face-offs. Hey, is Cullen still dad? Or is he grandpa? You know, he didn't get any younger since he left here. How about Toronto giving John Tavares $77 million? The Leafs aren't building a team. They're collecting hockey cards. They have Tavares, Matthews, and Kosri as their top three centers. And Ron Hainsey is their number two defenseman. Good luck with that. Uh, Pirate game Saturday. You got to like Gregory Polanco. Breaking from third base toward home. 
on a foul ball. And then he could have scored when the ball got caught, but like I said, he had broken toward home. And the third base coach told him not to tag up Joey Cora. And of course, the Pirates lost by a run, specifically by that run. That was Saturday. They did win yesterday. Now, Polanco is either an idiot or totally disengaged when he plays baseball. Not at all paying attention. Cora is a moron, too. When you come up short in so many other ways, you can't be stupid. The Pirates can't afford to be stupid. Polanco is currently an underachiever. He's not too far from just being a bust. But back to the Penguins, because let's be blunt. Nobody cares about baseball. I heard the B team today saying, well, Glasnow's had three straight good outings, and maybe they should give him a start. Okay, let's say they give him a start, and he pitches a no-hitter. And then the next start, he pitches a no-hitter. And the start after that, he pitches a one-hitter. And the start after that, he pitches a perfect game. Guess where the Pirates will still be? Fourth place. And guess what ain't going to happen? That no-hitter, that no-hitter, that one-hitter, and that perfect game. I just can't drill down to the minutia of a team that's in fourth place going nowhere and never will go anywhere. At least when the Penguins finish last, there's a point to it. He's currently the captain. There was a point to it back in 84, too. He's currently the owner. I don't know what points the Pirates are trying to make especially breaking for home on a foul ball. That's baseball 101. That dope flunked it. Anyway, back to the Pens. The Pens have a lot of forwards, a lot of forwards. If they move a center to wing, that either leaves Brian Rust on the fourth line or Daniel Sprong in the press box. If they don't trade Broussard, they might trade Sprong, but he wouldn't bring back much in return. It'll all get ironed out by training camp, or November, or whenever. Jim Rutherford never stops building his team, and that's a good thing. It'll be interesting to see what Broussard would do at wing with Crosby. I think that would be a good fit. I think Crosby between Broussard and Gensel would be a dynamite line. But then one of those guys plays right wing, and that puts Hornquist or Kessel on the third line. It is a long jam. Uh, Upset alert in the World Cup. Japan leads Belgium 1-0 in the 50th minute earlier today. Uh, Brazil did as expected and beat Mexico 2-0. Excellent sequence where Neymar got fouled. He was lying on the ground, and a guy from Mexico came over, ostensibly to see if Neymar was okay. And then when he bent down to pick up the ball, he stamped on Neymar's ankle. And Neymar rolled around like he had been shot. Like, like just, just, just the agony was palpable. But to be fair, the guy did step on his ankle. The guy should have got a red card. But, you know, nothing happened. But still, like, that doesn't do soccer any good when he does something like that. Neymar, one of the... Well, I think he's overrated, but but one of the sport's best players. Although he did have a goal and assist today in a 2-0 win, so Neymar wasn't too overrated today.
Uh, LeBron signed with the LA Lakers, but so far none of his friends have come along. Maybe they're not really his friends. LeBron has no joy to coexist with. I doubt if any basketball player really considers LeBron a friend. Maybe D. Wade from back when or something like that. But look, look at what happened to LeBron during his stay in Cleveland. He won a title, which nobody ever thought would happen with any team in Cleveland ever again. So you can't say he didn't hold up his end of the bargain. But while all that was going on, Kyrie Irving escaped to Boston. Kevin Long had a nervous breakdown. Those two things should include people up that LeBron is no box of chocolates to coexist with. Uh, now, with LeBron going to L.A., Paul George blew off LeBron. He re-signed with Oak City. Kawhi is still in San Antonio uh, for the time being. Kawhi Leonard, he says he may sit out the season if he's not traded. Uh, okay, but listen, Einstein, if you sit out the season, you still owe them that year. Then you have to sit out the next season. And the next season, it just, well, you know what? Typical friggin' millennial. That's what Kawhi Leonard is. Never mind the contract. Never mind the obligation. Never mind your teammates. Never mind anything. Just give me what's mine, even if it's not really mine. Typical friggin' millennial. 412333. Oh, dear Lord, the Japanese have scored again. This is like, okay, it's not exactly like that, but it's a really big surprise is what it is. A really big surprise. Belgium, one of the World Cup favorites among the teams left. What a strike by some Japanese guy. I'm not that familiar with the rosters. It is exact. It, this is a day that will live in infamy. Except it's not really like that at all. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Up next to talk about fear and loathing in Columbus, Ohio. It's Aaron Portsline. He covers the Blue Jackets. Excuse me, the Jackets of Blue. Yes, for theAthletic.com. I'm Mark Madden. One zero five nine. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's up, Mr. Madden? Their moth might say no right now, but in their hearts, they're saying yes, yes, oh yes. The X at 105.9. In the World Cup, Japan is rampaging through Belgium like uh, either a Panzer division or Godzilla. I, I can't make up my mind which. Joining me now, he covers the Columbus Blue Jackets for TheAthletic.com. He's our main man in Columbus, hockey writer Aaron Portsline. Uh... Aaron, John Tortorella seems upset. Was it something Jim Rutherford said? <laughs> May have been. Uh, yeah, put it early. I don't think he was pleased with uh, a Jack Johnson line or two. Either. It doesn't take much for the old man to get fired up, as you well know. And he hit a uh, rare off-season uh, tirade yesterday. Well, let's, let's look at what Rutherford uh, specifically said. To your yeah. mind, Aaron, what was Rutherford implying when he said Jack Johnson wasn't scratched for the playoffs for hockey reasons? Now, if you don't know, don't feel bad because neither do I. I, I, I really don't see where Jim was coming from there, but it, it certainly wasn't something that made Torts look good. No, I think there's a couple things. I don't think there's um, malice in Jim Rutherford's heart. I've known the man for a number of years from a distance. Um, I think, if anything, he was defending himself against the backlash that's been pretty evident in Pittsburgh since news of the signing 
kind of delete. A lot of people have, have made it pretty clear on social media that they don't like the signing. Um, maybe he was defending himself a bit there. From Tortorella's standpoint, it, it, it comes across as somebody questioning the true intentions of a coach. In other words, there was some sort of a, there's something other than the coach picking his six best defensemen to play. Well, like Jim kind and, of implied that it was something personal between Torts and Jack, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, I don't think Jack was pleased to not be playing at the end of the season. No player ever is. Uh, but he, Jack and Tortorella got along famously well. Uh, for the better part of his time here, it did not end well. No one's happy when they're not playing. But this, this is not, and I know Tortorella more than a little bit, enough to know him. Uh, good enough to say he's not going to sit a guy if he's one of their top six defensemen because he has a pet peeve against that player. Yeah, to be fair, I'm no Torts fan, Aaron, but I agree uh, totally with that. Uh, now, Jack Johnson said he was glad to get to a franchise with a winning mentality, which angered Torts. Today, Jack backed away from that. Do you think yeah. Johnson meant any malice by what he said? Because I don't think he did. I don't think he did. You know how I look at this? I this this may be an awkward analogy, but this is like talking up your new girlfriend with your old girlfriend at the table. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's great. Everyone's moved on. But every time you say something really nice about how great this new opportunity is, in a way you're kind of backhand slapping uh, the previous stuff. It's sort of like when a coach takes over and just openly says, oh, no, we were doing all our own before. Here's what we're doing. The previous coach takes offense to that. I think, yes, Tortorella uh, was bothered by the sense that, that Jack, he heard, is finally saying, oh, thank God, I'm finally somewhere where the people know how to win. Let me also add this, if I can, real quickly. This is an organization that has fought for every bit of respect it can possibly grab in the National Hockey League, much like the Pittsburgh Penguins through the 70s and 80s, where... Look, it's just not there. The rest of the league doesn't really respect you until you do something well. They're fighting for that, and this Artemi Panarin situation has them feeling slighted. Now, he's not gone yet. He hasn't ruled out signing here, but there is a hint around this that he doesn't want to be here, and so everybody is on edge, and they've got that chip on their shoulder, and all they needed was a little bit of kernel to get them to jump, and that's what arrived yesterday. Yeah, I, I think that's true, and I don't blame Torch for being mad at Rutherford or at Johnson, but Torch has certainly taken a lot of shots at the Penguins, uh, calling them whiners on several occasions. Yeah, it, look, if this is if the Carolina Hurricanes say that, maybe it's a private phone call. If if it's not a team that obviously has Columbus's attention, and at times it's been vice versa between the two teams, I don't think it turns into this. I, I think. Tortorella through the years has been uh, conditioned to dislike the Penguins. He's made that clear. He finds them an arrogant organization, and I think a little—I think a little bit of what was said yesterday smacked of that. Who are these people to talk about us and the decisions that were made in Columbus? You have no point. You have no right to to tell the world what you think we were doing with this team back in the day. That would be Tortorella's voice in this. And I think he expressed himself accordingly. Is Torts on thin ice there after a first-round exit again this past year? Because it seems like Torts comes with an expiration date. Well, you know, that, that is often said. I think every NHL coach comes with one. True. Um, look at his time in New York. How long was he in New York? Six years? Seven years? How long was he in Tampa? Six years? Seven years? Certainly Vancouver flamed out quickly. 
isn't a guy that's been a two and a half year. This is a Mike Keenan. Um, he's been he's got the temper of Mike Keenan, but he has been <laughs> around longer in places and has had great success in places. He's a hell of a hockey coach. He knows what he's doing. Is he on thin ice? That was your question. Yeah, I look. I think the whole organization is being held to a different standard now. One that they helped create, frankly. And and he's going into the last year of his contract. If they don't do well, if they don't get what they want out of the season, if several of the younger players underperform, then of course the coach is at risk. How long was Bilesman in Pittsburgh, right? How long is Sully going to be there? I don't think this is just Tortorello. It's not like he's a gallon of milk that can only last for three weeks. <laughs> he, he's he's got more to him than that. But yeah, of course it could it could end if they don't if they don't perform and they don't take a step forward this year. Now, Aaron, why was Jack Johnson scratched in the playoffs, and what kind of player are the Penguins getting in him? Well, I mean, here's the thing. When he first got here, he was a 25-28 minute game, a game guy, sometimes over 30 minutes, and he loved being the guy back there. And this team has taken steps, you've noticed, I'm sure, in the last couple of years. Seth Jones comes in with a big trade from Nashville. Zach Lorenzi is drafted top, I think, number eight overall. Those two are big-time players. So Jack slides down. He's now in a second-pair role with David Savard the year before last and was okay with it but was not the big guy back there. And then the trade happens at the trade deadline and Ian Cole, you know him well. He comes over to Columbus, and frankly, he plays next to David Savard, and he looks better than Jack did. So now Jack gets pushed down to the third pair. I don't think he handled it well. He's a very prideful player. Most of these guys are. I think he may be to the extreme. And they wanted mobility on that third pair with Ryan Murray, with Marcus Nudevara. And Jack got squeezed out. He wasn't in the top six in the playoffs. I don't think it was anybody saying, uh, don't let Jack Johnson play for any other reason than who are you going to take out of the lineup? And they liked the way that they were playing down the stretch. And so it was hard to change. I just think that's the reality of the situation. Now, it's odd, Aaron, because Johnson was pretty good in 16 17. They're not very good this past season. What was the difference? What changed in that year with Jack Johnson? I think roll and ice time. Just as simple as that. And he has had stretches. He is a, a fascinating player to me. He was drafted to be an offensive defenseman. You don't think of him in that realm right now. Uh, but I, I do believe, and I know some people in Pittsburgh will disagree with this before they even see him play, I think he can play in today's NHL. He, he has trouble processing the play at a high pace, but when he keeps it simple, gets the puck out of the zone, the forwards, which they've got really good ones in Pittsburgh, so his job should be easier with that. He can be a very good player, and I, this is, I know, true, and people have seen it. He becomes a totally different animal in the playoffs and is an absolute monster in the playoffs. Look at his numbers in the playoffs. He is the, the player in the playoffs that Carolina thought with Jim Rutherford drafted him with Carolina, thought he was going to be full-time in the NHL. I think he can absolutely play in today's game. Yeah, I, I do too, and uh, it should be remembered, all the Penguins need is for Johnson to be a number four or a number five. They're not asking him to be Chris Letang. Then again, the Jackets weren't asking him to be Zach Wierenski either. Correct, correct. And frankly, that's what's changed for Jack. Like, they didn't have Zach Wierenski three years ago. They didn't have a Seth Jones who was just a... a, a an incredible hockey player. There's no shame in being pushed out of the second pair by Zacharinsky and Seth Jones. Those are all-stars. Those are future Norris Trophy guys. I get it, and I get that Jack wants an opportunity to be 
in a different setting. I don't think he's going to get quite the role there in Pittsburgh that he had when he first got to Columbus, 28, 30 minutes a night. I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to that, but he doesn't have to be. He's in a, a different situation now. I think he can find a, a role there where he's comfortable. Now, Aaron, will any of this show up on the ice, this uh, this tension from the past couple of days? Do you think this exacerbates the rivalry between the Penguins and Columbus? I mean, you've been at this a while, too. I think there's going to be so much build-up to those games. Sometimes it doesn't happen when there's that much build-up. It, it, it happens when everybody thinks it's died down. And honestly, I, I don't think players... It's different now, Mark. You know this. They don't hate each other like they used to. That's correct. Like, you know, and like uh, 10 years ago even, I think players would have circled the date and said, you know what, I'm going to kill Jack Johnson next time I see him carrying the puck. And, and now I think it's, oh, no, I like Jack. I, I don't think he meant that, right? And, and and no one has said that to me, but I guarantee that's what it's going to be in training camp. They just don't hate each other like they used to, and I think the game is, is, is lesser sometimes because of it. Uh, I enjoyed your article, Aaron. Great reporting and, and great work with Torts. But I don't know if Torts makes himself look good with all the F-bombs, he kind of comes off as a maniac. You know what I mean? He comes off as a maniac. <laughs> okay. I know Torch does a lot of that for show, too, but but he really looked like a maniac in this case. You, you know what it is? and, and I, 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 You know, people in Pittsburgh won't agree with this. I miss people like John Tortorella in sports. There used to be more of them. Now you now you get the, bare, the canned... Oh, I'm not going to tell anybody how I really feel about anything because somebody might be offended by that. And bless him, Tortorella does not play that game. He's fine. He's fine that the western half of Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania hates his guts right now. He's fine with that. <laughs> he felt he needed to do what he did to defend the city of Columbus. I know that sounds crazy. The organization, the Blue Jackets. He feels like it is his, his job to step forward and be the defender of all that, and he's willing to take bullets uh, if it comes to that. I miss those sort of characters in sports. I do. What about the GM, Kiko Leinen? Uh Where did he weigh in on all this? Well, he, he is uh, obviously more reserved than, than uh, Tortorella. But even, you know, in a brief conversation I haven't been before I spoke with Tortorella, he was uh, as angry publicly as I've ever Heard him be. I've heard him be frustrated behind the scenes and not want to express it publicly. But him saying that he was going to give uh, Jimmy Rutherford a, a phone call and just find out what, what he meant by the insinuation that there were reasons other than his play that kept Jack Johnson on the lineup. Like, there aren't too many people wired like Gordon Allen who are willing to to put their name on it in public like that. And he was he was upset, uh, though not irate as Gordon Allen was. Aaron, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for taking the time, and we'll see you soon, I hope. Okay, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Aaron Portsline, check out his great work at theathletic.com. And, and I'll tell you, you know, people kind of laugh at The Athletic because they're, you know, absorbing all this, 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 this writing talent and paying out a lot of money. But they do have quite a staff of hockey writers. I mean, Yoey locally and, and Aaron Portsline in Columbus. So you want hockey journalism. At its best outside of, for example, me, then uh, go to theathletic.com. Uh, Belgium has scored 2-1. to one. This may or may not be an appropriate time to point out that history shows again and again how nature points out the folly of man.
Godzilla. Zilla. 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 1059 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. This is one of those two chin strap, bring the duct tape type of affairs. What the? They're going to make us play a wild card game. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. The X at 105.9. Let's get uh, the calls going. What do you think of the Jack Johnson signing? Although, boy, we knew about that so far in advance. We pretty much passed judgment on that days ago. What do you think of dad coming back, Matt Cullen? And where's he fit? How's the lineup fit together now? Rutherford's talking about moving a center to wing. Which center should move to wing, and where would that center fit in? I talked about using Broussard on wing with Sid. I think they'd play well together. Good skaters, good down low, but Broussard can make touch passes through the neutral zone as well. But if you move Broussard to wing, how does the depth chart then fit together at wing? Because if you move a center to wing, it means Rust is a fourth liner or Sprong's a healthy scratch, one or the other. So your thoughts on how the Penguins lineup fits together? Dial 412-333-WXDX. And your thoughts on uh, Jack Johnson taking kind of a backhanded slap at Columbus. Jim Rutherford taking a roundhouse punch at John Tortorella. And Tortorella responding today in very profane terms. Uh, Torch just went wacko. He went ballistic. I believe he dropped seven F-bombs in the course of his diatribe. And if Torts, makes, if Torts thinks that makes him sound correct or righteous or on the good side of all this, he is very sadly mistaken. It makes him sound like a, like a maniac. Now, uh, basically, here's the timeline on that. Jack Johnson talked to the Pittsburgh media yesterday and said he was glad to get to a team with a winning culture. I don't think Jacko meant that to rip Columbus, but it came off that way. As I said, it was backhanded, and Johnson has since backpedaled from the comments, but what he meant was, hey, five Stanley Cups, three inside of a decade. That's exciting. That's the kind of team I'm on now. He didn't say that uh, the Jackets have made the playoffs four times in 18 years. Jacko didn't say that. Could have, but didn't. Didn't say the Blue Jackets have never won a playoff series, which they haven't. Could have said that. Didn't. The Jackets try to sneak into the playoffs. That's the annual goal. Jacko could have said that. Did not. And even when the Blue Jackets do make the playoffs, Bobrovsky collapses in goal, and they're one and done. Johnson could have said that. Would have been right. Didn't say it. Jim Rutherford said that Johnson wasn't scratched in the playoffs because he was playing bad. Uh, now, I can't imagine why else Torts would have scratched Johnson, not in the playoffs. It might have been a bad decision, but it was made for hockey reasons. Uh, Torts does hold grudges. I don't think it hold one picking the lineup for a playoff series. So Rutherford said what he did. Predictably, Torts went ballistic and said that Rutherford should shut the F up. But frig John Tortorella. Just frig that guy. He's been critical of the Penguins so many times. He's talked about Sid and Gino whining, talked about the arrogance of the Penguin organization. So even if Rutherford was a little bit out of line to question Torts' motives in scratching Johnson, I don't see it as a capital crime, but rather, but rather what goes around came around. 
Torch says stupid crap all the time. He's the last guy that should go loony over what Rutherford said. And this doesn't stoke the rivalry. Yeah, everybody in the media, me too, is going to recap this little skirmish before the teams play. That's uh, November 24th, by the way. And there's a couple exhibition meetings in September, too. But there is no rivalry between these teams. The Blue Jackets are just way too low on the totem pole. I mean, so are the Flyers, but at least there's a tradition there. A torch is a dink. If he hadn't locked on won that Stanley Cup with Tampa in 04, he'd be coaching in the East Coast League by now. Stars don't want to play for torts. Panarin can't wait to get out of Columbus. Brandon saw it when he left there. He went to Chicago like a prisoner of war returning home. A torts is a horse's ass, and nobody should even be remotely concerned about what he thinks of what they say because John Tortorella has never paid anybody the same courtesy. Frig torts. And he's going to get fired by Christmas anyway. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Open your gift. Oh, wait, it's a pink slip. Uh, On a lighter note, uh, James Neal has signed a five-year deal with Calgary worth 28.75 mil, so congratulations to Gigolo Jimmy. It's weird, though. I got to tell you, I wonder why Nealer went there because Vegas offered him five years at 25 mil. And given the tax breaks in Nevada, Neal would have taken home about the same, staying with Vegas, and maybe even a little more. If you choose between Calgary and Vegas, well, put it this way, I've never taken a vacation in Calgary. I go to Vegas five times a year. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to uh, Mark in Ohio. Mark, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Good afternoon. I personally think that uh, Bassard's going to be the odd man out if uh, head coach Sullivan... When you say odd man out, do you mean a healthy scratch? Yes. No, that will never happen. Anything else? No, sir. See you later. Sorry, if they call him with something just insanely stupid, they're not going to scratch Derek Broussard for Shane and Colin. They're just not. Let's go to Joe in Ocean City. Joe, you're on with Double M. Yo, Mark. Um, yeah, that was dumb. Broussard, I, I hope the Pens don't move him at all. I don't. Well, no, no. I wouldn't be shocked if they did move him, bro. But, uh, but uh, they're not going to scratch him ever. No. They're not going. I just. I don't think we got to see even a, a scratch of his potential. I think he got hurt pretty quick. I, I'm not quite sure how. Yeah, I, I. I'm just not sure they think he fits though. I'm not so sure they think he's like a third line guy. I'm not so sure they think he's a good fit with Kessel. Right. But, but go ahead. What else you got? Hey, did uh, you said Torts got pens and you don't have that copyrighted or anything yet, do you? No. Why you want to do it? No, I'm gonna make a tease. I'm getting head, I'm heading to the boardwalk tonight. I'm getting a t-shirt made. I'm gonna put a Stanley Cup where the eye would be. The what do you think? No, actually, that's not bad. You know what else you could do too? You could put uh, you could put Penn's Envy, and then put between the N and the S a number one, like you know the hashtag sound and a number one. Got it. Yeah. See, that'd be yeah. good, right? Yeah. That's yeah. that's subtle. I mean, not as subtle as getting hit over the head with a sledgehammer, anyway. <laughs> Thank you hey, for the one call. More thing. 
Oh, go ahead, go uh, ahead. What do you got? Yeah, one more thing, real quick. World Cup. You think uh, you think Uruguay got any shot against France without Cavani in there? Is Cavani definitely out? I haven't. Last I saw, he was doubtful. They said he wasn't. He didn't practice. He, oh, what's he watching? Where I mean, nothing happened in the game. Unless I'm behind now, and I'm like holding my breath to see if something happens on the game because my telecast is delayed. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. Uh, I think Brazil's going to win now because. Everybody else who could win is unless Belgium continues this comeback. But Brazil's the best team left. By Brazil might have been the best team, period. But with Germany out, Spain out, Argentina out, I think Brazil is by far the best team left. Unless, of course, not Neymar can't recover from that gunshot wound suffered earlier today. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. Wait till you hear who Scarlett Johansson is going to play in a movie. Wait till you hear this. It's a Pittsburgh story about a Pittsburgh person, and ScarJo is going to play this person. Wait till you hear who it is. One zero five nine X. The great goal on the counterattack and injury time to complete the comeback. Down two nil now. Three two winners over Japan. That's going to give Belgium a lot of momentum and a lot of a good chance to win the whole thing. I do believe. Uh, when I said that Scarlett Johansson was going to play a prominent Pittsburgh figure in a movie, I got three or four tweets that guessed it would be Sally Wigan. It's not a bad guess, but uh, Scarlett Johansson is going to play Tex Gill in a movie. Now, if you're a pervert uh, like me and were around Pittsburgh in the 70s and 80s like me, you know who Tex Gill is, Dante Tex Gill. Tex Gill was a woman. She was born, depending on what version you believe, either Lois Jean Gill or Jean Marie Gill. But Tex Gill dressed as a man and lived as a man and called herself Dante Tex Gill and he ran a bunch of massage parlors on Liberty Avenue and McKee's Rocks all over the place, whorehouses. She was tough as nails. She had to be to be on top in that racket. She allegedly ran steroids for Steelers players. And now her life is going to be a movie. And she's going to be played by Scarlett Johansson. Crazy, crazy world. Now, in other movie news... Tomorrow, the new Purge movie is in theaters. That's the fourth installment. Purge 4 and I Cannot Wait. And then on September 4th, on USA Network, the premiere of the Purge TV series. Can you believe this movie that, that the first one, that's like, what, five years ago, six years ago? I thought it was just this throwaway quasi-horror movie. And now the fourth one's coming out. And there's a TV franchise. I'm so excited. And uh, again, I'm going to post the trailer for the TV series tomorrow on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. And I'll post the movie trailer again, too. Now, for those who were horrified by this franchise now going into a fourth installment in the movie theater and a TV series, I implore you... Just remember all the good The Purge does. 
Purge and purify. Purge and purify. Uh, this is ridiculous, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, it's being reported secret talks are being held by the surviving members of Led Zeppelin to put together what is being called an event, a Led Zeppelin event in October on the occasion of Zeppelin's 50th anniversary. Uh, but it is also being said this probably won't be a concert. Well, it's not a concert. Why do I care? And to be honest, having heard Robert Plant sing a couple months ago in New York, he couldn't do those songs now. He just couldn't. What I heard they're going to do is they bought the name Led Zeppelin Experience, didn't buy it, but got Jason Bonham to release it. Now he is touring with Foreigner and Whitesnake as Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Evening. I've heard it's going to be... Remember that thing I told you about I went to in Vegas, the Stones exhibition? I think they're doing the same thing for Zeppelin called the Led Zeppelin Experience. By the way, I was at White Snake and uh, Foreigner and uh, Bonham on Saturday in uh, Holmdel, New Jersey, just south of New York City. I was in the second row. And uh, that was quite a surprise to Red Beach. I forgot to tell him I was coming. And uh, it was great. Although, you know what does kind of suck about that tour? I really like Foreigner. I saw Foreigner uh, twice in the past year. Uh, last year at, at uh, Key Bank and at, at the Palace Theater in Greensburg, too, remember? But on this tour, I've gone backstage to Kibitz after Whitesnake, so I've yet to see Foreigner, except for a, a couple songs after I come back on from backstage. Now, the funny part is, on Saturday, I went backstage. Reb saw me, but didn't come back out backstage. But I, I, it was, I still saw Joel Hulkster, the other guitar player, and Michael Devin. Uh, when, how about this threesome in, in conversation? Me, Michael Devin, and Jim Florentine, our buddy from that metal show, and his son Luke was there, who's either going to be the next Jimmy Page, the next Grand Wizard, or the next David Spade, I'm not sure which. But, okay, Michael Devin from Whitesnake, the bass player, is married to Drea DeMatteo, uh, from the Sopranos, Adriana. So we were talking at length about the last scene of the Sopranos where we think Tony gets killed and what it means to us. Me, Adriana's real-life husband, and Florentine. So that was a, a lot of fun, and I'm, we're going to be there again in Cleveland, and that time I might have to see Foreigner. But second row, I mean, I mean, this far away from, like, Coverdale was tremendous. Just a tremendous seat. Cost enough money, but it was absolutely tremendous. Don't forget we have Bob Grove on at uh, about 5.15. And I want to know what you think of the Johnson acquisition now that it's official. What you think of Cullen coming back. You know what it reminds me of? Remember they won the two cups with Trottier? Then he retired but came back after a year? Kind of reminds me of that, for better or worse. And I really do want to know what you think because... The less work I do, the better. I've often complained that in this building, when you get near a holiday, nobody shows up for work. That's certainly the case today. And it's July 2nd. Not July 3rd, not the day before. It's July 2nd, and nobody's here. Which means even less will be here tomorrow. Which means no one will be here Thursday either. And hey, Friday, got to get that long weekend started. Just around the corner. You know, I posted a blog, and I'm basically going to do the blog as a monologue now. I think this is funny AF. I think it's very National Lampoonish, 
and I've got no feedback for it on Twitter. So actually listen to this next monologue and tell me what you think. 412-333-WXDX.